Welcome back to the Boys and Bolos podcast. We're down here in the barbershop studio. Welcome, Jarrett, to my humble abode. Is this week five? It is week five. Jesus. What is happening? We're in it. We've already had so much drama this season. Oh, my God. It's only week four, only week five, and I feel like I'm like in a Mexican telenovela. Like I married into like a Mexican cartel. Well, I'd like to give the August Premier League trophy. Are you ready to do that? I'm ready to crown the champions. What do they get because they won? Like, do they qualify for anything? Do they qualify for the Carling Cup? I don't know. Shoot the confetti cannons. If they were in Boston, they would have uh, the duck boats. Line up, get the duck boats ready. I mean, it's a great start. Obviously. Oh, Jeff, what team are you talking about? I I, I don't know. Oh, you're talking about Arsenal. I didn't didn't know what team you were talking about. I mean, they had a good start. I mean, if you win the, the first four games and you have 12 points, then you obviously had a good start. And we talked about this. We have a group chat, Nader and Eddie. They were praising Arsenal, and, you know, rightfully so, they're winning their games. Some of the comments were a little bit, especially during that Fulham game, I think it was Nader was saying how fluid Arsenal were playing and how they were so good. I didn't agree with, I mean, I didn't agree that they played that great for a solid 70 minutes of that game. I think it could have gone either way. The goal was, I mean, it was a deflection goal and then a very questionable uh, corner goal in the corner that actually... I think went off Saliba's arm, but that's neither here nor there. They won 2 nothing On paper, Arsenal, because they got fifth last season and botched the Champions League and maybe should have fourth, are beating the teams they should beat. That's it. That's it. That's really it. I Is mean, that that's, the end of the bedtime story? That's really it. I mean, they're probably going to win their next three or four games as well. They don't have a test until October 1st when they play Spurs. It's October 1st? Yeah. Ooh. Maybe United. They play United before. Do they? Is it they played it in the fifth game? Because this week they don't. Let's let, let's look at it. As we're coming up to week five, we wanted to talk today about Arsenal. I really want to get your take on where you think they finish, and then I'll give you my breakdown on where they finish, and I'll share also some gym chatter today that I heard about Arsenal from a United and Liverpool fan. I just thought it was good to hear them weigh in on it. So this week, week five, Arsenal is playing Aston Villa. They will beat Aston Villa. Aston Villa is not having the best start. And Arsenal's having a good start. And one of the things that Nader was saying is that they look fluid going forward. And I agree. I think that they have an idea of what they're trying to do moving forward. And I don't know if they've necessarily had that for the last three seasons. At the end of last season, I think that they did. But I thought that was more just because I thought Smith Rowe was balling. But now with Gabriel Jesus, the second coming of Jesus, or Jesus, do they have... Any title chances? Can you give them a percentage out of 100? Five. Five percent. Five percent is pretty high. Five percent is pretty high when you when you take into account City are juggernauts and Liverpool are a sleeping giant. Four other teams that are better than them, in my opinion. Oh, oh, we're going to break this down now that you said five percent. What are City's chances of winning the title for you? And these numbers have to add up to 100. 85 (laughs) percent. Oh, these numbers are going to get interesting now, Jeffrey. Are you giving... Oh, okay, so 80%. Okay, thank yeah. you. I was like, maybe the math isn't your strong suit. Yeah. So that's 85 total. Then what do you give Liverpool, 10? Yeah, and then I give Spurs 5, and I give... Uh, Chelsea 0. Chelsea 5. I, I mean, whatever. I don't think Chelsea has the attacking power to get it done. I think Spurs have maybe the Conte factor. So I was thinking... So maybe... Okay, here we go. Yeah, you guys... I'm going to change my... I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. I'm going to go 80 for City... 10 for Liverpool, 
2.5 for Chelsea, 2.5 for Spurs. Is that add up? Yeah, there we go. And then five for Arsenal. No, 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 no sorry. God, I, I'm bad at math. I, I'm going to give I'm going to give of the top, of the top 5 teams. Yeah. I'm going to give Arsenal the smallest percentage. So maybe I'm giving them 2% or whatever. And then Okay, so divide it up a couple more percent yeah, for Chelsea. Yeah, you're going 80% couple- City. 10% Liverpool, that's 90. Yeah. 4% Spurs, 4% Chelsea, and 2% Thank Arsenal. You. Thank you. I was going to say no greater than 2% is their chance of winning the title. Yeah, with so the math. We're it, on the same thing. With the math, you have to you have to give you have to give Chelsea uh and Sp- because just because of the way the league like the way that I think the league's going to shake out is you have to give Spurs and uh Chelsea a little bit higher percentage and Arsenal. You also have to remember, Arsenal have added Jesus. They've added a few pieces here and there. They've added Zinchenko. They added Zinchenko. Yep. But they are, they could barely get, I I think they really should have, based on their matchups and and how they were doing at the end of last season, they botched fourth and they had no European football. Nothing. No Wednesday night games, no Thursday night games. They were out of the cup competitions fairly early. They could focus on the league, and and it didn't work out. This year, they've already got Europa League games hot and heavy starting starting the second week, the first week of September. It's going to take a toll on this team. It's going to take a toll on every European every team in the Premier League, except maybe City, because they have such crazy depth but it's gonna affect spurs it's gonna affect chelsea and probably gonna affect liverpool this year because liverpool is weakened Liverpool so many injuries and and already have so many injuries and they can't rely on henderson they can't rely on milner so what i'm trying to say is that before we you know start giving arsenal all these chances at, at at greatness we have to remember that there's it's not the same it may be a similar core as last year who was doing really well they have a, it's a different circumstance this year, and they're going to want to probably folk try to do well in Europe, right? Try to win the Europa League because when I look at the Europa League and I look at the teams and the groups, they are the best team in the Europa League. Uh, maybe Manchester United, if they are able to put some something together, but I really do believe they are like the best team in the Europa League. There's probably some Spanish teams and some German teams you could throw in the argument, but. I don't think you're wrong. And I actually think I was talking to Corey today in the gym. He was talking about Liverpool's problems. I think Liverpool's problems are the same as Arsenal's problems. Arsenal just hasn't seen this as their problem yet because they've been winning and they have a good run of form. What do they both have in common for their problem? I want to see if you're on the same page what I'm thinking. Center backs? For me, it's holding midfielders. Grant Xhaka, we were just watching AFTV jokes from 2019 when they were saying, get him out. <laughs> Grant Xhaka is still your holder. Yeah, we were talking about this last last week with, this, with, the, with the holding midfield. is The guy who is able to take turn defense and transition to offense, i.e. the guy who can win the ball back and transition and make a pass, is a very key player. And uh, Yeah, I, I think they're missing that player. I, I don't know if Party's that player. And he's already injured. I don't know part of that player, riddled with injuries, has off-field legal issues or should have legal issues due to a sexual assault incident. Then you have El Nene, Mohamed El Nene, who has never been a top player. He's serviceable as a sub, some cup games. He's not your guy. And then you have Grant Xhaka, who I actually do think, even though I think he's like a joke in my mind, 
He's having a very good season thus far, but he gets in the books so often against the bigger teams because he's just out of position and he comes in late. So I think over the 38-game stretch, adding in Europa, adding in the fact that I think Switzerland are in the World Cup, and somebody can fact-check me, and he's going to start for them, Grant Jock is not going to do well this season. I think he's going to struggle with injuries. Mohamed Elneny, also, it's just he's just not the guy. So against the top six, I think they're going to struggle. What Arsenal have been able to do better than Chelsea over the last four or five years is Arsenal win the games they should win, and then in the games that are more competitive, I think they've struggled. Now, I know that they beat Chelsea a lot. So if you're listening to this and you're an Arsenal fan, you were totally right. They've beat Chelsea a lot more. But Chelsea have struggled are you know are struggling sometimes i'm just talking us on chelsea and arsenal now have struggled over the last couple of years they lose to crystal palace and wolves all the time but we do make up points and we do beat liverpools and we do beat cities and we do beat spurs and we do do that well so over the 38 game season my thing is i think the highest they finish is third the lowest they finish is sixth but i think the percentage is they're going to either finish fourth or they're going to finish fifth and i Corey said in the gym, he said he thinks that Arsenal's going to finish fourth. And I said, okay, who's, you know, tell me your lineup. He said, City first, Liverpool second. Most most people in the world have that. I said, who's third? He said, well, that's up between Chelsea and Spurs. And I don't know yet, but Arsenal being fourth. I don't think that's unreasonable. But I do think the third, fourth, and fifth are going to be the London clubs. Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal. I don't really see another way around that. I was thinking maybe uh, West Ham, but West Ham have already shit the bed and they just look bad. They just haven't figured it out. And when your best players, you're holding midfielder, Declan Rice, you're in trouble. Full circle, everyone's coming for Declan Rice next next summer. You're going to have Arsenal looking at him. You're going to have Liverpool looking at him. He's You're going to have Chelsea looking at him as Conte gets older, Kovacic, Jorginho. You know, you got to add somebody else in there. Declan Rice, I think this next summer, is going to go for an unbelievable amount and break the transfer record within the Premier League is my idea because I think all these teams need him, and he's a stud. I... Who 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 you were talking to in the gym, Corey? Talking to Corey. He's a he's a Liverpool fan. I actually disagree a lot. I, I actually disagree with second place. So I think Liverpool are more susceptible this year than they have been. I, I know they won that nothing against Bournemouth, who are a championship side on a good day, and that doesn't show me anything. But they've struggled in their first their other three games, and Van Dijk doesn't look the same. I don't think Gomez is the answer to his to their center back pairing. I think they need to bring in another defender. I don't think Keita's the guy either, and he's already injured. Uh, look, they're going to drop a lot of points. They're still going to be good. They're still going to be competitive. They're going to drop more points this season than in the past couple seasons. I think what's going to end up happening is I think City's going to run away with it. There's going to be a giant gap, and there's going to be a fight for second. So it's going to be it's going to be Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea and maybe even Arsenal fighting for second place. Like, I think that second place is up for grabs. I don't think, I think this season's going to be different. I don't think Liverpool are going to be going neck and neck with with uh, with with City this year. I just think City's the same, if not better, now that they have Holland, and I think Liverpool's a lot worse off. I think they're a lot worse off. And you know why I think they're, and I think they'll eventually get to rolling, but I don't, but I think they're going to drop too many points along along that path to get to where they need to be. Whether that means they have to pick up a few players in the January transfer window or they get players back from injury, but they still have to, it's going to be a t- kind of maybe a rocky road up to that point. Uh, to me, I think Van Dyke's looked very, very poor. He's been ball watching. He's been, he's just been, he just hasn't looked the same. And I don't know if that's an injury thing. I don't know if that's 
not having another center back, that's good. I don't know if that's not having a holding midfielder in front of him where he can, you know, pass the ball to or rely on in transition. But for me, it just doesn't look as he doesn't look as formidable. Like I said, when they play, played Manchester um, United, I, I look at that game and I say, wow, Liverpool's beatable, 100%. Uh, and here, this is the this is kind of the, the method to do it. While in the years past, we've said, oh man, they've got the front three, they can do this, they can do that. And it's, they got Salah, Mane, and then they bring in Diaz, and it's crazy. It doesn't feel that way anymore. It doesn't feel like, um, you, it feels like you can go and score three. Like if you're Spurs, or if you're looking, you're looking at your Spurs or your city, it looks like you can score three goals easy on them. I agree with you that I don't think it's going to be a title race between City and Liverpool, but I don't know if Liverpool are going to have anybody who can beat them over 38 games because I don't think Liverpool has changed that much between last year and this year. Mane wasn't even playing that well for the last 16 to 18 months, so his departure I don't really think is an excuse, especially when you got Darwin Nunez coming in and you and honestly Diaz for me is like one of the best players in the Premier League pound for pound. So... I don't really see how that works, but the thing I've said to you now in text, and I'll say, I want to say live on the pod so it's somewhere out there, is that if I can find on a wet betting website the the line, I will put $100 that Spurs win the Premier League because I think everyone assumes that City's going to win. I think that that's 80% going to happen, and if we go back to the numbers, 4% chance that Spurs win, but we're in a World Cup year that has never happened this way. And all of those City players, other than Holland, start for their respective teams. You could see an ACL. You could see crazy things happen. We've never had this. And I don't even know if the betting sites even know how to like add this into their algorithms to figure out their betting lines. But Spurs with Conte, they have at least a plan of what they're trying to do. And I think if they can execute that, and you can get Son, Richarlison, Kulosevsky, and Kane, and they can hit on the counter... Spurs are going to be one of the tougher teams to play in the Premier League this season. I mean, they already are one of the toughest teams to play, period. They're, 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 top, the past, they're top three. Since the new year, since the start of 2022, they're the best team in the Premier League. Points-wise? Points-wise. Better than City? Better than City. They've won more, really? They've won more and taken more points. They are they are damn good, and they don't always win very pretty. Like, they, you know, they'll tie a game here and there, but uh, they just they don't get scored. Like, they, their defense has gotten... Considerably better, and we all laugh at Sanchez because it's funny sometimes when he falls on his face. And we and we got the Welsh Maldini out there. We got uh, Davies, Jesus who's been on the team since Christ. feels like 2012. Davies was actually born in White Hart Lane. Yeah, <laughs> so he was so, born in the basement of White Hart Lane. It's funny that it's funny that well, you don't you don't even have Langlet up to speed. You you get Romero's out an injury, and you got those three guys. Dyer, Davies, and Sanchez back there, just like stonewalling people. Like they're just, it's, it, I mean, they're, they're playing like, you know, they're playing Forest and they play Wolves. So it's like not the craziest attacks. I, we get that, right? So, but still, like clean sheets, right? Something to be said. Uh, yeah. So if it, I can find that bet, I'm going to take it. I, I'm not going to take bills. that bet. I, I, I'm a very, I think. The Spurs are still two transfer windows away from being title con- like title contenders. Oh, I think it's a ridiculous bet. And I think I'm burning my money. <laughs> but if it hits, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, it's a wild thing. But to finish out our Arsenal chat, mm. I think Arsenal played well, and I I I hope it continues because I want them to go into the derby, the North London derby. I want them to go in undefeated. 
I want them to go in 5-0. and I want them to beat United. And I want them to go in, and then we're really going to see. Because playing in that derby, all bets are off. It doesn't – everything changes. They have to play four more, four or five more games for, the, for that derby. It's October 1st. They have to get through the month of September. So they have to be – they're going to have to be like 8-0. and uh, I think it's in the seventh week, so my bad. So they have to play – there's an international break coming. Oh, okay. There's an international break, I believe. Either way, there's still some time in between those. They're going to so, be five or lot, six. There's a lot of stuff that could happen. There's actually. a lot of stuff. They're going to be five or six. Potentially, I think that they'll be undefeated when they come into that derby. They're going to have played Europa League games. There's going to be an international break. There's a bunch of stuff that's going to happen. But I want them to do as well as they can for as long as they can because it's better when it's competitive, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think people think that we – I mean, I don't – Person, like I'm a Spurs fan, so obviously I'm never gonna like be ranting and raving about how great Arsenal are. I mean, you just understand that. Like that's not my nature. It's like that would be out of character for me. But yes, they're playing well. Obviously, they're playing well. If you win four games in a row, you're still gonna be like you're gonna be playing well. Now, I don't think anybody. I don't think people say we're harsh on Arsenal or John says this, and even Nadarnetti have been critical about how we're critical on Arsenal. And I think that's we're London like Chelsea and Spurs are their are London rivals. They're, those are big games for us. We remember the days when Arsenal were, you know, the Invincibles era. And we remember when they were making the Champions League every year and maybe some and Spurs weren't and Chelsea wasn't. So, yes, we are going to wish them they don't win. Like get over it. Like that's that's I mean, but we'll give them like I I respect the what what Arteta's trying to do and I respect the players on the side besides party. Right, I, I think some of the fans are crazy, some like flat Earth type shit. Like, I think yeah, this like will be the, said on the pod for the fifty fifth time. Arsenal fans are the flat Earthers of the Premier League because sometimes their delusion knows no bounds. And Corey hit on it in the gym. He's like, I've never met a fan group who is like, our team is one of two things. <laughs> this is yeah. Corey talking about Arsenal. He says, our team is either winning the Premier League or getting relegated. And there seems to There's be no. no that's it. Like right now, it's we're winning. And then they're going to lose a couple. Maybe they lose to Spurs. Maybe they drop some and then points. And we're going to see hashtag and then Arteta gonna be, out. Yeah, exactly. Arteta out will be trending, and then it will not. So Spurs fans are like the, a heavy pendulum, right? That's caught between two like negative ions and like. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Sorry, not Spurs. Arsenal fans. Arsenal. Yeah. It, and I, when he said that, I'd never thought about that, but I think about Chelsea fans, and, uh, or you know, anytime I have a conversation with Chelsea fans. We're never worried about being relegated. Yeah, it's an even keel. We're never worried about being relegated. Yeah. Like right now, I'm not worried about being relegated. It's not. It's not. It's not possible. And also, unless somehow some something comes out, we get docked twenty points or thirty points or forty points. And also, I don't think Chelsea's going to win the league. But mm. I'm fine being competitive for fourth because I see that that's where we are, and I'm fine with that's where our evolution is. But I do feel like Arsenal fans, they'll see the four games and like, oh, oh, we're going to win. Oh, oh, we're going to win. Oh, oh, you know, we're we're above City now. We're, and, and the thing is, they're going to continue to be above City, I think, for the next couple of weeks. But to think that Arsenal could win the title, I think it goes back to there's a 2% chance. Be optimistic about it. But unless you're going to put money on it, I just don't, you know, I don't know. So the pendulum between we're getting relegated and we're the best team in England, it's it's a tough one. Yeah, and it's such a dichotomy between how Spurs are like, sorry, we're a very self-deprecating franchise. I mean, we literally say things are Spursy. I mean, that is because ill fate has happened. Like, crazy, bad, like, weird outcomes have happened to us that have screwed us. And it's, like, gotten to the point where <laughs> it's like a- Ill fate? Yeah. That's the experience. Like the Sissoko handball in the Champions League. 
Like that is some next level shit. Like the whole rule changed because of that <laughs> fucking shit. That's like when Tom Brady with a tuck rule. It's like it, it it's is, crazy. But ill fate. Ill fate. Shakespeare. Ill fate hath becometh <laughs> upon us. <laughs> it's fuck? true. Though. It's true. There, Spurs fans Spur- would be at the Globe doing improv. I just Spurs say that. fans, like we we understand. We we are we are kind of like basking in the Conte vibes right now because it's so unlike our the character of this club of Spurs to grind out wins, win when you're not supposed to win. By all accounts, not win when you're not supposed to win. Any other game, like say we were when we were playing, uh, what was it? We were playing Wolves, right? That, that game could have went sideways, right? Like, any of these games could go, because we have con, but it feels different, right? And that's what I think what a lot of, like, Spurs fans, I don't think, I think we're optimistic. We I don't think any Spurs fans are saying, oh, we're in the league this year, title run, but we're like, we're like Champions League. We're in Champions League. That's something that's great. We now have, uh, we now have Conte. We now have, like, some of the best attacking trio in, in the Premier League, and we, like, feel confident in our, like, what, what Conte is trying to get the team to do. But there's no like, oh, we're gonna beat, we're gonna win the league, you know, get a hundred points, and very like, I think more realistic, right? I I have a question for you about Conte and Arteta. Who or I, you know, I'm gonna throw Tuchel in. Let's just throw Tuchel in because Klopp and Pep are they're gonna have statues for them, right? Right. At, Pep's yeah, won yeah. what seven out of nine years, ten out of eleven Klopp's years. Klopp's won two Champions League. Klopp's won. Champions League, well, a Champions League, and, and, a, and the league. league after thirty years, and an FA Cup, and the Club World Cup. So those guys are good. Who is the first one to get sacked out of Tuchel, Conte, and Arteta? It's, it's not hard. easy. It's not easy. Okay, uh, this is my answer, and it's a little convoluted. But I think if Chelsea didn't change ownership, it would have been Tuchel because Chelsea is notorious for sacking managers at the whim of like losing two games. But now that we have you have Bully and you have a, a, an ownership group, I don't know if that happens as fast. I think that he's given a little more, uh, a little more leash. I, I feel like, I think it's all circumstantial. I don't think Con- they're going to sack Conte, but I think Conte will leave before they sack him. Arteta has already been hashtag Arteta out. Like, Arteta kind of has a, a target on his back. If they suddenly like free fall, right? So if suddenly they like, I don't know, Odegaard like, like his leg gets cut off. If Jesus gets and hurt, Jesus gets they're hurt, gonna bind quick. Is my is my thought. They gotta they gotta. Uh, I I I still think even with Jesus out, they'll um, find ways to score because they have Odegaard and um, Martinelli and stuff. But if like they have a couple of bad injuries and like the World Cup doesn't, it, it takes some guys out or you know they're playing a bunch of games and suddenly they're like. They're run ragged, and they start losing a lot. I don't know. Like that's that to me. That that is the most. There's probably some betting line, right? Like who's the first manager to be? Oh, sacked. for sure. There's a betting line. Yeah, and yeah. but I don't know out of those three. That would be my answer. I I think Conte would would leave on his own before like he gets sacked. He's like, no, I'm not. You're not firing me. I quit. That's kind of the type of shit he'd do, right? Uh, Tuchel, I think they like have confidence in Tuchel, right? He won them a Champions League and. I, I, I don't I think be- he I think he's a so I think what the problem with Tuchel and this is kind of sideways conversation but I think the signings have been awful at Chelsea I think the signings are just like their recruiting is horrendous horrendous in the last three or four years yeah since no, we I, started this pod I have some of the worst transfers the Lukaku, only one who has worst Zich, transfers 
is United. Oh yeah, yeah. they're on a whole nother level. They're, they're not on a whole nother like you can't even compare them. You can't even compare them. They're like they're like it's they're like a they're like a they're like Miss Universe showing up to like a local beauty pageant in like Dallas. In Based like Dallas. on Chelsea's transfers, they've overachieved. That's how bad their transfers have been. Like Ziyech is a bad transfer. They're trying to get him like send him back to Ajax. Or I don't even know if it was Ajax. I think we they had, offered him to Spurs. They offered him Spurs. They offered him to Spurs. They're offering him to anybody. They were at like a they were at they like just a, canceled Ross Barkley's contract. Yeah, it said they've uh, mutually agreed to part ways. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, you got Connor Gallagher. I mean, I know he's an academy guy, but they keep bringing him back, thinking he's gonna. But we can talk about Connor Gallagher. Uh, the Lukaku, the lug, uh, Werner, Werner, which he might have helped with the Champions League. I'll give you that. All right, I'm not. I'll, There's an argument with Werner. Yeah, that's the only one I'd but argue with. Still, like he's young. He should have been like had a career. I feel like he might have had should have had a career at Chelsea instead of just been like, yeah, let him go back to the Bundesliga. Uh, who else? Like some of these guys, yeah, that's like, good. you you you've missed the biggest one. I said Lukaku. Keppa. Oh, Keppa. Keppa's up there with Lukaku. Keppa's up there, even though he saved, he saved penalties, penalties and he won stuff. the club World Cup. He's but, a, he's a, he's now he's kind of like a color guy. He's like he's a hype guy. I feel like Keppa's the guy in the locker room who like you miss the like winning penalty in a game or something, and you know you end up tying and you drop points on the road to Palace, and he's the first guy in the locker room who's like, hey. It's okay, man. Do you want to get a beer? Because <laughs> yeah. Lord knows he's not playing. He's not playing. He's, he's not playing. He's not even playing in in cup games. I don't even know. Like once again, I don't even know if he, play, if he plays in practice. When they play elevens, I don't know. Yeah. But what I wanted to say, I think you're. So I'm totally wrong. You guys play on match day nine. So yeah. will they be so eight, eight no? games? Yeah. I don't know. But if you look in match day eight, they play Brentford. Brentford's not easy. They play Brentford on the road. Oh yeah, yeah. Then they play Spurs. But at they, home, they play them at home. They play them at home. That obviously helps. But those are two derbies that aren't easy, and obviously one's the NLD. Then they play Liverpool, and Away. that's Liverpool. At least it's at home. It's at home again. They yeah. get two home. Yeah. Then they play Leeds at Ellen Road. Not an easy one these days. Then they play City. It's not unfathomable to see between the City, the Leeds, the Liverpool, the Tottenham, the Brentford. That's fifteen points. They drop. They only get six or seven. Yeah. And at that point, fire up the Arteta out, you know, hashtags. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I saw a funny. I, I did see one disparaging like, um, tweet from an Arsenal fan today because you know they pop up in my Twitter feed. Um, that said, <laughs> they pop yeah, up in my. They Twitter do feed. now. Like it's ah, like they pop what up. A crock of shit, they do. They do. And it was like you might like this tweet type of shit. Yeah, okay. Anyway, you it was might like, like this. You're a Spurs fan. You might like this tweet. I can't have, It was something like Aston Villa haven't scored, ha, like have one point, and we play them this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like here's our first loss or something. I was like, oh, all right. Well, I don't see that from a lot of Arsenal fans, which I don't agree with. I obviously think they'll beat Arsenal. I, I mean, not I, Aston Villa, but. I think they'll beat it, yeah, yeah. Aston Villa. So here's the other thing I want to throw out. Week five, we're recording Monday. Week, week five, five is, is going to be. Tomorrow. This, yeah, this middle of the week. And then week six is this weekend. So let's go ahead and knock both of those weeks out right now in this pod because I don't think we're going to have time in between. Okay. Are you fine with that? Yeah, I mean, by the time our listeners might, they might have already watched a game or two. They will. It's okay. We may, this may not come out until whatever. So, but let's definitely, we'll make this uh, the fifth and sixth week. I just wanted to, I was looking at the schedule. So with that, let's look at the games coming up and then we can also get back to fantasy um so tomorrow let's look at we're just going to call it big games i think leeds everton tomorrow is going to be a good one everton are trending towards relegation 
and this is at Ellen Road. And Leeds, even though they did take Chelsea's scalp, they've dropped some points here or there, but they're still sitting in fifth. Everton are in 18th. I think this is probably the best game of tomorrow. Do you want to weigh in on that one, good I, sir? I am a... Uh, You're a Team America fan? Team America. Uh, America! Leeds are playing... Nobody seems see it's at Ellen Road, so that's the thing. I don't see. Does that even make it worth talking about? Because I think Leeds win this. Yes. Okay, well, let's not talk about. I'm gonna have Rodrigo on my. Uh, oh, you do. On my. He's fantasy. he's a nice pick. He's a nice pick, and he played. He didn't score many points last week. Current Golden Boot Boy. Okay. Well, it's currently, he's got five. He's got five out of four games. Well, let's hope that Aronson does well. He's hard to play against. He's a little running around out there pressing. Causing problems. Are you so. looking at Wednesday's game? Is there anything you want to talk about there? Because, like, Born with Wolves doesn't really excite me. City should beat Nottingham Forest. Arsenal beat Aston Villa. You guys beat West Ham. They're absolute shambles. Maybe the Liverpool-Newcastle game could be a nice one. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be a closer game than I think it's at on Anfield. paper. Newcastle are... I mean, I don't think St. Maximum is going to play. I don't think he's going to play. I, I think he pulled up with a hammy. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to be tough. I mean, I think they'll defend well against Liverpool. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to keep Liverpool out. So at Anfield, ugh. I still think it's gonna be like somewhat close. I mean, Newcastle played City really well for whatever it was, sixty-five, seventy minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I think Liverpool win three to two. Three to two sounds like the you know on this day on Wednesday. That's the game I'm most looking forward to. It's gonna be a very nice contest. They still have Nunez out, but. They obviously have enough attacking options to uh, to uh, score goals. So it's been tough for Uruguayan strikers in Europe. You either are biting people or you're headbutting people. Hmm. It's not a good look. Uh, Thursday, Leicester, Manchester United. I don't even want to talk. Both of those teams are boring to me at this point. Sorry, United and Leicester fans. But maybe we'll talk about you in week six. Wow, this week is packed. So Saturday. September 3rd, you have Everton-Liverpool, which is a massive Merseyside derby. I don't see a way. It is a Goodison. I don't see a way that Everton win, but I do see a way Everton tie this. This is going to be shithousery. They don't have a Charleston still, but like this will be some shithousery. And I, I don't know if they have Gordon because I think I, Chelsea bought him. I don't think. I, mean, I guess it's a Merseyside derby, so I guess anything I, can happen. I'm just but. so scared of Goodison. I hate playing at that place. I know. They're just not good football team but Liverpool right now is also Everton, kind of like not, a wounded a beast. not good football team a not good football team what about Franklin he's he may be the first one sacked this season he may be the oh, first he's probably very sacked he and Hassan Huddle is Hassan Huddle still at Southampton yep oh he they must be on a text chat <laughs> hey did you download LinkedIn premium <laughs> what about I, I just think of Liverpool is they'll take care of Everton no problem so the rest of that Saturday, I don't really see a game that like jumps out to me necessarily. We'll have trouble. Tottenham will have trouble at Fulham, especially. I think it depends on what happens midweek and who plays midweek and what the lineups will be. Because I, I, I think Spurs have to rest. They have to. I honestly, in this, people aren't gonna like this. I think you sit, you bench Son for the Wednesday game. You put out Richarlison, and then you start Son. And then you take him out if he's not playing well. Take him out of the 60th minute for the full game. Take him out at halftime. He's not looking. Yeah, good. he's not looking good. I took Son off my fantasy he, week two because he was just not doing it. Yeah, I mean there was a 
there was a goal scoring opportunity that he had. You could tell that he just yeah. wanted to smash the ball into the net and instead of passing it to a wide open Kane who was literally standing there like, dude, bro, like pass me the ball. He like you could tell that because he hasn't scored yet, he needed to score. And then he just just I think he, it was ends up being a block shot or something. So, yeah, he's, it's ha- it's it happens a lot. Like you got these like look at what's happening to Salah. Same thing. Literally, this golden boot winners are underperform very much underperform. We're gonna get to Salah too because the question needs to be: Do you keep him or not? Because a yeah, lot of people have a fantasy. So let's get to that. But the only other game that I do want to outline, it's gonna be a weird weekend. I think it's gonna be a weird weekend of games because of the midweek games. Oh, it's gonna. So the midweek games to put like either you you know you're you're basically gonna look at these two games and say which which is the game we're least likely to win, and that's the game you're gonna probably put more of your B side. Mm-hmm. And when the two B sides line up, it's just gonna be a shit show. But Two A sides should line up for Manchester United and Arsenal because I think Arsenal beat Aston Villa and I think Manchester United probably beat Leicester, who look pathetic. So I do think Sunday, the eleven thirty Eastern game, that is going to be the game of the week, including the including the midweek games and this. Arsenal's undefeated. Manchester United is a team. I I, I have a bold prediction. Trying to and I know we said Manchester United are dumpster fire, but I think they're going to win. This is at Old Trafford too. I think they're going to win. What's your score prediction? I think they're going to win. Man, how funny it would be if if Ronaldo scored the goal, scored the winning goal. But I think it's going to be two to one. Who's scoring for Arsenal? Odegaard. I I actually think it's going to be a scoring tie, like a three three thriller, or it will still be a lot of goals, like a four three. But Arsenal win this. And I, the only reason why I say that, I think Arsenal are better going forward. But it feels like a ro- it feels like Rocky three when he fights Apollo, and they just sit there and slug each other out because neither of these teams I'm really impressed by their defense, and you know we'll see. Yeah, but I you're saying midfield- but you're saying United win. I say United win. I think Casemiro uh, gets embedded. I think he plays. Uh, he might play Wednesday or get some more minutes Wednesday and then start the Arsenal game. I think he's a big game. I think he's played a lot of big games. I think that's kind of the reason why you bought him. And then you have you'll have Anthony by then, and so they'll have another attacking option. They're buying. They're spending a hundred million pounds on an, on a guy from their Divisier. and I mean he's from Ajax, so obviously he's somewhat good. But he, he scored like only scored like twelve goals last. Season. I, it is an obscene amount of money. It reeks of desperation. But they need another attacking option. And I think he's he's better than some of the stuff they have going forward right now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I trashed on Fernandez last game, and then he scores. And I, I think United at home are gonna be up for the game. And you would put want, your money on United. I would put my money on United, one hundred and ten percent. The thing about Casemiro and Fred playing, and I shared this on Bolos from Footy Emporium was the most ridiculous statistics. So it says when Fred and Casemiro playing together for Brazil, whenever they play, they played 20 games. They've won 18, they've drawn one, and they've only lost one game. These two dudes just understand each other in the midfield. It's the same thing with Conte and Pogba. They had like a 30 or 35 game undefeated streak for France because of the way that they balance each other. You had Conte holding, Pogba was a little bit more loose, and then Griezmann was running ahead in, the, in their mid three. It was just unbelievable. It was honestly unbelievable. So I wonder if they looked at those stats yeah. and they're like, "We got to bring him in." Yeah, I know. 
I still don't think that Ten Hag likes Fred. Like at a fundamental footballing level. (laughs) Like just what he's doing out there, right? I think he likes McTominay better. So not a personal level. Like they could still watch like Stranger Things together. They're still bros. But but footballistically. Footballistically. Like I think that Ten Hag likes McTominay's physical presence and height more than Fred's skills. I don't know. I I'm gonna disagree. I think that I, I do. When I, Casemiro and Fred start start really like clicking, they're it, just imagine. Imagine this was years ago. I also like think that time is never kind on those partnerships. Never kind on those part. It's true. You sound like you sound like a divorced man. I mean, in a look pub. at the. I mean, look at the front three of Liverpool. So here's time the thing. wasn't. Kind on that trio. Casemiro had to be shaken up. He's been a part of a trio at Real Madrid that's been around way too long, and they're still producing. So yeah, and he had. To, I he, think, was on, he was on the bench. I think United are actually. I don't. It's so tough to tell. We're so early, but like when you have Casemiro and Fred holding, and then you have Bruno Fernandez, and you can push Erickson out to a wing, Ronaldo in the middle, Rashford or Anthony out on a wing. I don't want to play that team. That's not a fun team. Or and they have Jaden Sancho. They're also. Because they've spent so much money over the last couple of years, they're also starting to grow like amass a team of like an embarrassment of riches. But it's a bunch of misfit toys because like they don't play well together. But like Rashford's, a, you know, he's a fairly good player. Anthony's, you know, they're gonna bring him in. He's a good player. Ronaldo, Martial, not so much. Eriksen, yes. Bruno Fernando's, yes. Casemiro's world class, in my opinion. Even if he's a little bit older, they have a they have a midfield problem, and it, it's balance, right? So they they want. They want Erickson to do something that he's not really there. He's not really built to do, and that's play as a floating number ten, sort of, as a playmaker who doesn't have to defend. But why they, doesn't he want to do that? He's just not. That's not the type of player he is. That's his, I think that's, that's his perfect role. Is that's it not. That's never been his role. That's never been Erickson's role. What, what was his role at uh, Spurs when he was good? Attacking, attacking midfield, like attack. Not a, not a, not a, uh, a guy in the like kind of in the pivot. Like th- he's never been. A guy that's been like who's dropped a little bit, le- a little bit back. He's always been a guy who's been a little bit forward, and then, yeah, it's just not what he's. And he's older. He's not. He's not going to defend. He's not going to defend. Oh, I don't think he's going to defend. The guy died on the field. But no the problem is, what I'm, what I'm saying is, whatever Erickson is, he's basically similar to what Fernandez is, and that's their problem. Is they have two guys that are trying to be number tens, and they're not. That's just not going to work. You cannot do that. Yeah, in the they, Premier they, I agree. You need balance. They can't play them both. When they play them, that, but that's what I'm saying. If you, or maybe Bruno Fernandez gets outside and he gets a little bit higher up the field, but I, that's not a good solution either. He doesn't want to do that and he's not going to do that. Yeah, he's not, he needs he's, to be behind the ball, not, he needs behind the ball, make, not, not pulling the strings it. like as an attacking. He's number 10. So pure, maybe, so maybe they change, maybe they don't do three forwards. Maybe they only do two forwards. Yeah, maybe. I, I if they want to, if they want to put the best players in the field out there, maybe that's what it. Yeah, because if you if you have Casemiro and Fred holding, you have uh, Fernandez kind of back with them, and then you just let Erickson go. So you basically have four, three, one, two. Yeah. And then you put Ronaldo and Rashford, or screw that, Ronaldo uh, and Sancho. That's not bad. And just give up the wings, anyways. Most teams are just giving up the wings. Just let them happen and dump balls in. The, yeah. Anyways, they get back to a center back. But you think that United is going to win this game two one. At home, yeah. If they do, just get ready for the uh, you know get ready for the AFT TV pitchforks. They're coming. Baby. I mean, they beat they, they beat Liverpool at home. I mean, no, Liverpool was depleted. 
You still are you still going to say that Liverpool are a a worse? Are, are you going to say Arsenal a better team than Liverpool? No, but I think currently they're in a better form. I, are they though? Are they? Were those games that they, they played against they just, Palace? Or have they, they played just against played Fulham? championship teams? They played Palace and Fulham with a bit. They, 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 the scoreline doesn't. Bournemouth. Yeah, they played Bournemouth, which they they blew out. They barely. I mean, they blew them out of the water. They were happy with that win. Fine. They that Crystal Palace game was was not like I nobody know. can go and walk back and watch that game and say we outplayed that team. I, we I were also not the contest that. Team. I contest that game. I think that they were Arsenal was outplayed about sixty percent of the game. They were just more clinical in the box, and they had that one goal. And maybe that makes them a better team, but it's not convincing to me that they're suddenly this elite team. The same with Fulham. Mitrovic had no problem with those Arsenal defenders. And the only reason they scored was off a deflection, which, hey, you need some luck sometimes. And then the second goal was bullshit. The second goal was bullshit. The second goal wasn't a goal. And I'm going to say that. I'm going to put it out there. Roll, roll the tape. It off his elbow. And it came down, and he scored. <laughs> roll the tape. Roll the fucking. What a tape. millennial thing to say. Imagine when, like, we're like seventy, we're like, roll the tape. They're like, what's tape? What's like, tape? Damn it! <laughs> um, I'm just saying. And, and if Arsenal fans don't agree with this, you're not watching the games. As you're, you're not, wa- you're, you're watching not watching the roll, games objectively, right? You're watching with rose-colored glasses. You're only looking at the at the at the end result. Arsenal-colored glasses. Arsenal. I keep going back to Spurs. Even when we we win games, there are a lot of people on Twitter who are very are not happy with the way we won those games. We will, I mean, most most people who watch those games are like, ah, oh, it's really hard to watch because we're not, we don't seem like we're controlling the game, and we like it could go bad for us. Yeah, this past weekend watching Spurs, I was, I'm always more stressed watching Spurs than I am with Chelsea. Yeah, and I shouldn't care about Spurs, but like emotionally, I'm stressed. When they put in Richarlison, I was like, this is going to go well. He literally <laughs> shoulder barges the dude, dark arts, gets the ball, three fingers it over, and Harry Kane's like, boop. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. But Arsenal fans, they those two games, you got to just look at those two games. The Crystal Palace game, there have been four games. And half of those two, in two of those games, you didn't look that great. It is something to say, though, that good teams find a way to win even when they're not playing well. That's all. Okay. But let's go to fantasy. Question, do you keep Salah or do you drop him? That is a million-dollar question this week. He's picked in 55% of fantasy teams, which is actually a lower number than I than I anticipated when I was looking today. Uh, Jesus is picked in about 80%. Sheesh. Sheesh. But there aren't a lot of good number nines out there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ with the caveat. But there, no, I mean, there aren't a lot of number nines to pick from. There are like literally no, there's not, four. It, there's Holland, Kane. Jesus? And Mitrovic and Jesus, Jesus. those That's are like the, who everyone picks. I'm just trying to. I'm just saying, there's not a lot of like. So he's going to get picked because obviously, and he was eight and a half million. That's yeah. A the other thing, he's a bargain. He's, he's probably bargain. the pound for pound the, the biggest bargain, other than Rodrigo, if you had him on since day one. So, yes, the question is, I don't think the. I, I okay, this is my opinion about Salah. You cannot drop him. I just put him on vice, baby. I got him on vice captain. But vice captain doesn't mean anything. It does for me emotionally. Oh, okay. The, the, that's the question. Do it's you like, captain him or do you captain Holland or some people captain Luis Diaz? One guy in our league who scored one of the most points captain Luis Diaz and got 28 points. But yeah, that's the question. So last week, Little Magician's Mac, he did Captain Salah and he did Vice for Holland. Holland gets 17, Salah only gets six. Add those up, you get 23 points. I did the exact opposite of that. 
I captained Holland and I gave the vice to Salah. Salah only gets three points, but Holland gets 34 points. So I ended up with 37 instead of 23, 15-point difference. Captains really matter. So the one thing I wanted to say about that is that I've gone from 14th to 4th just on last week. Fantasy is way more exciting this year because there's so much movement. Nick Bailey started first, and then he went down to 10th. You're back up to 8th. Everything's moving around. Molly, you're still in the basement. You'll figure it out. <laughs> Eric Chahone, also in the basement. But Will Hayden, who had his name's uh, Darwin's Theory, and we called him out on the pod, and we said this is bullshit. You can't have... Well, yours is still fucking Kane from the lane, even though you don't have Kane, which is egregious. I did have Kane, and I transferred him out. Okay, well, you might want to think about changing your title, because that's what Will Hayden did. Okay. His new name is Nomane Mo Problems. <laughs> He's a Liverpool fan. That's a great it's name. It's a great name. He 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 texted Bolos on the DM and Instagram. He's like, you guys gave me shit, so I changed the title. I was like, yeah, yeah, you did. You're a champion. That and that's great because I even we were saying that last week about Mane. Not not having them not having Mane. It's like maybe that's the Maybe that's what throws off throws the whole, off the the whole Salah thing. thing. Cause he scored they scored nine goals. He didn't have a freaking goal contribution in that whole game. That's actually insane. That's insane. That is to be what is Mo he doing Salah. out there? Is he just like, like tiddly winks in the like, corner? Like, yeah, how does uh, PSG score nine goals and Messi doesn't have a contribution? How does Manchester United score Ronaldo starts and doesn't have a contribution? It actually doesn't make sense. It doesn't make it may, sense. You know, if we finish the season and he was a horrible fantasy pick and he also just has a horrible season and he's pissed because he doesn't get to go to the World Cup and he's just sitting at home in Egypt and pissed. Well, we had the red flag. The red flag was they scored nine goals against Bournemouth, a championship side. And he didn't have one contribution, not an assist or a goal. He got he three points just for starting. It's bad. Aye, harsh. It's it's unbelievably harsh. But anyways, uh, Mo, no money, mo problems first. Sadud, <laughs> Ozatik, Little Magicians in third. That's your top three. The basement is disgusting. People get your shit together. I will say that the points are much higher. The average, like everyone's, everyone's got much better teams. Everybody has this similar year. teams. No, not no. true. No, I mean it feels like. Look! Look at here comes the son. Who is this person? Nick. Right. Oh yeah, Nick. Nick, Nick turns. He's playing a five-two-three, and he's got Kane, Ivan, Tony, and Mitrovic up top. He's got Aronson and Kulishevsky in the midfield, and he's playing five defenders: Alexander, Van Dyke, Perisic, Cancelo, and Lamptey. And he's got Martinez in goal. All the teams are not the same. There are a lot of teams with. Core players. When you get to the top, there's a lot of teams who have Holland in the captain. Luis Diaz. Uh, I, I think yeah. if you look around, you'll be surprised. Holland seems to be the the main thread of, in between the top ten. The, the, the player that the player that m- that may have to go after another bad week if he has one is Mo Salah, and he'll get replaced by Kevin De Bruyne. Because Kevin De Bruyne will maybe not get the max points every week, but he'll be consistent every week. He'll get an assist, two assists, score a goal here and there. He had only had two this past week, and Salah had three. I mean, that's just crazy that Reese James had seven, and those two combined only had five. Like that's like fantasy is so difficult. I, I, I think I think James is a good pickup if Chelsea can pick up a, a defender and he moves more to a his right back. And they play or wing back or whatever they do. Is if you can play on the outside and push up the field, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And this like whatever weird like center back thing they got going on right now is just not a great uh Reese James uh fantasy look. 
Yeah, I mean, that's why last year I think he had like five goals in seven games and he was like the fantasy pick of that month because he, he was just freakish. He wasn't playing wing back, but they have this like hybrid thing where he can push up the field on, on the right-hand side. <laughs> they have this hybrid. They have this thing where they cheat. They have this cha- thing where they like, they don't have a formation sometimes and they just like are like, yeah, just go play soccer. Tuchel like, ball. It's Tuchel ball. I, I mean, they did it against Spurs, so it works. Well, that's uh, week five and six in the bag. Enjoy it. Get your fantasies together. Make sure you change your fantasy after Thursday before the Saturday game. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Boys and Bolos podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, at Boys and Bolos. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out. You can hit us on any of the social media accounts that Jeff just mentioned or email us directly at boysandbolos at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.